beloved listener <clears throat> and and beloved cousin Jay, uh, Jay Paul H. I believe Paul H. Yes, uh, I call him at Hambone sixty eight, but Grant calls him uh, Jay Paul H. At Jay Paul H. Sent us a, a treasure trove, <laughs> and I'm going to be mining some of the. I, I'm not going to read them all now because some of these are definite episode topics, but. Got some good feedback from a recent episode, the uh, summer summer in 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 December. What was that one called? It was a summer episode. Ben talked about summertime summer. situation. Summertime. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, speaking of boom, booms, he's talking about fireworks, and uh, I thought he had brought up a couple of good points I wanted to share with our uh, with you guys in the in our listening audience. So. Um, I believe I was a little surprised that I think several of you were weren't weren't too hot on on the fireworks shows, but um, J. Paul H says at one time, at one point in my life, I had two firework buddies. One, his brother-in-law B, middle name unknown T, uh, and his family put on a huge Fourth of July display in his mom's yard. Um, and his neighbor also does the same thing where he buys buku fireworks, has a big party, the neighborhood gathers to watch. One year he burned a hole in his kid's trampoline. Mm. Uh, so that's pretty go. fun. <laughs> now we're talking. That is fun because think you could jump on it and then like you just like jump mm-hmm. through the hole and everyone's like, what? Where the hell did he go? You know? <laughs> Nothing like the stability of a launching platform for fireworks <laughs> than a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think and I think maybe what we're doing it wrong when we're talking about trying to go to these city shows because uh, he says, if you've never been close enough to a fireworks display to feel slightly unsafe and to get ash on you, I highly recommend yeah. it. Um, and and this this actually I could probably spin into a topic, but I'm going to read it anyways. He said it's funny when you go to a city firework display and you see people leaving after ten minutes, supposedly to beat the crowd and traffic. Why come to the fireworks if you're not going to stay for a finale? And yeah. that is a damn good point. There are uh, this this is kind of back to the top. Uh, ben was calling them uh, dad moves or something on that mm. episode. That, that's yeah. a real dad move of the guy who's got to beat traffic. And um, the fact that you would leave for the best part of the show. Uh, <laughs> it's like, the finale's yeah. coming up. Oh, let's get out of here before everyone else. <laughs> Quick <laughs> run, it's about to get good. <laughs> right. On Free Legal Advice Podcast, we are going to talk about Kung Fu movies. Yes, Kung Gong Fu movies. Sound. Yes, a gong could come in here. <laughs> and some uh, 70s funk guitar could come in here. Um, I'm shocked that they go together in equal amounts. They, dude, uh... It's kind of funny to me that um, I think they're familiar with everybody now, but I think some people kind of put them on a shelf or keep them at arm's length like, eh, there's some weird kind of movie, these kung fu things. But yet Marvel movies or superhero right. movies are these blockbusters. They're, it's the same shit, basically. It's like, um, okay, this guy has this one special technique or skill or something, and he uses it to fight crime or the bad guys or something. It's almost the same. And there's a setback, and then he has to go back and train and learn or regroup or find mm-hmm. better teammates, and then they kill Doctor Doom. Or there's a two hundred and forty million dollar budget. Right. Now yes. that that is the difference. Those are Hong that. Kong dollars, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, 
classic kung fu movies are really fun to me. Um, there are modern versions, um, not just like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, but Kill Bill is basically a kung fu movie. Um, there's modern ones with big budgets, but I think that a lot of the fun is in the Shaw Brothers movies and the like 1970s movies with, okay, a much lower budget, but a lot weirder ideas. And that's where these B-movies are pretty fun. The idea of the low budget, uh, everyone I know that works in film is like, oh, I love working in horror because they give you a tiny budget. They're like, just give me a movie. They mm. don't care what you do. And so mm. no one's standing over your shoulder going, no, 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 no. Don't make that dumb thing. Same thing with the Kung Fu movie of like, I don't know, just give me one. Okay, we can do whatever. I don't know enough of the lore. You would think I would have looked it up. Um, <laughs> so the, the Shaw Brothers was a, well, brothers, but a production company. Um, and they churned out, I don't know, maybe literally a hundred movies. Um, but they, they, they generated a ton of these things in, in China back in the in the 70s, like I said. I don't know what their budgets were, but if you look, you know what they were. For, for the uninitiated, <laughs> if you haven't seen these old, um, particularly Shaw Brothers movies, but uh, you're probably more likely to have seen Kill, The Kills Bill. And uh, <laughs> the opening title card uh, of... Kill Bill is the Shaw Brothers logo because where it looks, it's basically the Warner Brothers yes, logo. Yes, but then they write SB yeah. in there for Shaw Brothers. Uh, yeah, their budget was so low that they just you know erased the W and put an S on the. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they didn't even draw a new B. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel I I so I did, I did some homework. Uh, I watched um, a couple of Shaw Brothers. I watched Clan of the White Lotus and oh. uh, the thirty thirty sixth. Chamber of Shaolin. Oh, yeah. 36 Chamber yes. is awesome. That's um, a good one. That one actually, I, I'm sure the budget was still low, but it was a pretty good production value. I was impressed yeah. with the costumes yeah. and everything, but um, I, I I feel like I've gone through, or maybe just, it's probably my age, but it could be like culture changing and the, the distance between us and the 70s. But like in the 90s, like it was such a trope. Like so many hack 90s comedians would do like the kung fu, like, their lips oh, would move the and then they would talk and then like the yeah. bad sound effects and mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, as a, as a kid or a teenager, I probably would have been like, I'm not watching a movie where the, the voices don't match up to, you know, what, what kind of shit movie is that? But now I just want to see them kick an ass. I don't care if their lips <laughs> yeah. move and they're it's not, awesome. I just want to see them kick an ass. You know what, Matt? Uh, it's funny because I used to laugh at like the comedians doing that thing, but now I think like that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's just a dub in another language. Like you could watch subtitles or something, or like uh, so. There, there's The Godfather, but then it's dubbed in in Polish, and, the, and guess what? The mouth movements don't match up, and they're like, this is shit movie. Look at the lips move like this. He puts orange in mouth, but then nothing happens. He opens up, no noise. Stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, We'll get into uh, specific movies. Um, my route to this, when I was a kid, the the Fort Wayne, Indiana station, if I remember this right, like they would have like in the afternoon movie would sometimes be kung fu movies. And so, you know, you might catch one. And I fucking loved them then. I can remember, this is not the first one that I saw, but I'm watching one <laughs> and... Uh, the hero is jumping from tree to tree, okay? Not like with cool wire stuff like Crouching Tiger. He's just like, you know, they show him leaping, they show him landing, tree branch to tree branch. 
and he stops because he's tired, and he mops, wipes the sweat off his brow. Oh, and then he looks at the sweat in his hand and sees the reflection as if it's a side mirror on a car, and that there was a guy following him. And then he plays it cool, and then he attacks him. But all that stuff. <laughs> And by the way, when we were kids, there weren't superhero movies like how they come out all the time now. So these were like yeah. cool ass super. They had separate special powers. I I pretty much believed that the kung fu crap like that was real. Like there really is like an awesome mantis style, and it's really great. And yeah, yeah. Before we go too deep, I I started as I was doing research or thinking of the movies I've seen. I do think we should draw a line or define kung fu because. A lot of the movies I wanted to talk about, I'm like, you know what? I think those are what I'd call samurai movies. Yeah. And yep. I've kind of scratched those off because, like, there's... And also, dibs on samurai movie episode. But, um, yeah, kung fu is its own, you know, kind of specific genre. So, like, Ben, what? Yeah. how do you maybe define it? Or what are the tropes that you look for in a kung so, fu? So, kung fu movies are movies about kung fu. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Kung fu movies yeah. are, and what was that? So, <laughs> yeah, they're typically they're Chinese then because Fuck, it's, it's Chinese stuff. Um, they have Chinese settings, or the or they're they're mainly using kung fu, and or kung fu is somehow like central to the plot. Um, samurai movies have a lot of the same things, like um, uh, Lone Wolf and Cup. Thanks. The Lone Wolf and Cub series is totally badass, is very similar with the over-the-top stuff and, like, the Fountains of Blood and the things, and the special styles, the Suryori, uh, horse, Suryoryu horse slayer that he's going to use, and it's like, don't get in the water with him, he's going to do the horse slayer again. Right, um, right. Or no, that's the wave slicer. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, a lot of the same things, but then there's some different stuff, because it's Japanese, and it's about the codes of honor and the Bushido and all that kind of stuff. So I'm saying, just in the, the Kung Fu yeah. land. yeah. And so I brought that up because you were talking about the like the Lotus style or what or the the oh, yeah. style. That I think is something that is recurring in just about everyone that I've seen that I would call a kung fu movie. Is that it's always a a, a, a different style, and then like you have to adapt and learn a new style because the master is using this other style. Yes. And, and all the styles are just like the shapes you make with your hand as you're punching. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he he folds his hand flat. I need to. Make a circle with my hand yeah. and learn. But he had to practice for 30 years right. to do that. And he made <laughs> right. a weird training dummy that helps right. him do that. Mm-hmm. In all the movies I watched, they treated Kung Fu as if it was, like, specifically they would have the conversation around if it could be broken. Well, his Kung Fu can't be broken. I heard his Kung mm. Fu was broken. His Kung Fu was never broken. <laughs> yeah. Like, your mm-hmm. style, if, if do right, no can defense. That's so cool. can only like, be defeated by, yes. Hey, we're already in the tropes. Let's let's stick okay. with it. Um yeah, the crazy styles are are awesome, and um, with the with the crazy style, there's also the um, like the crazy persona, like this guy who uses this style or this weapon. He's like he's the guy who does that one exact thing. Like he's a guy who murders with a plunger, but he always has that plunger. And then you know you see like the dead body, and there's a plunger on his head, and it's like, wow, <laughs> we know we know pl- us. Plunger Chang got him again. Uh, so yeah, that's a trope in these movies. The, the crazy styles. The um, um, only one move or style or weapon can defeat him. Um, right. Yeah, that is that's a very common one. Um, so we know this about him. You know, he does the lion style, and only 
you know, magic, enter this magic weapon or this one style or the one thing. And that becomes a sort of a MacGuffin in the plot. Like, okay, they got to go and find that thing somehow to, to do it. But as if, and then I, you know, as a kid, I thought, well, I guess that's how those styles work. You're only going to beat a mantis with a snake. Uh, <laughs> fucking morons. That stands to reason. This fucking morons coming in there it's with nature. tiger style. Yeah. Uh, it, to that point, it it is a lot like video games, right? Because you got to power up, you got to get better. And like you said, every boss has like the one weakness. Well, th- let's go back to our Mega Man episode. But, uh, yeah. you know, every boss has like the one weakness and you got to do the right thing, hit them just right, you know, just to, to beat the boss. If you watch these movies, and okay, they predate like the golden era of video games where it starts going crazy prolific in like the 80, mid-80s and so on with Nintendo and whatever. Um Matt, you said you watched the 36 Chambers of Shaolin. Yes. You know how he goes through those different levels of the monk, and then each one, like, you got to learn that skill there, and you jump over this? It's like a damn video game. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, you're literally jumping over, you know, it's (laughs) like a platforming. platforming. (laughs) Uh, If you watched Invincible Armor, or if uh, anyone where there's a one weakness, that's the star that appears where you hit him, or they'll, like, knock out, like, the... Fuck, there's so much, if you watch them, there's just a little bit that you go, hey, wait a minute, that was from Dark Souls. Or, well, no, it's the other way around, that they, yeah, they copied right. that thing. It predates it. Oh, my God, there's so much to mine there for for ideas. I mean, it's a really creative universe as far as that stuff goes. It's like, okay, you know, the Wu-Tang guys got into, uh, from, they sat around and wrote raps and made music all day and then watched kung fu movies and got high. And then it's like... Oh, there's a whole bunch of shit here. We can just write. <laughs> we can write all kinds of raps just about right. this. Um, yeah, it's very much video gamey. Uh, uh, in the kung fu world, eighty year olds are like the most badass. Oh, of um, course. Not just like Pai Mei in Kill Bill or Matt. I think Clan of the White Lotus has a guy with that's like all so white hair. That's the thing. I, it does need to be said, and and definitely watch both Kill Bill and you know Clan of the White Lotus. Pai Mei is not like. <laughs> The mo- he is 100%. It's the white beard, yeah. the guy who strokes... Yes. It, it's mm-hmm. exactly... That's also Matt Invincible Armor, Matt. It's, they both have that. Yeah. Because that's why I heard... I, I know Invincible Armor pretty well, and then I've heard that Clan of the White Lotus is like, well, it's pretty much the same same boss. Yeah, that, that totally... Oh, and believe it or not, it's about what style that he uses, and the guy first tries to attack him, but the style doesn't work, but then he has to go back and learn a new style on dummies, <laughs> and then when he learns the style, he goes back and attacks I may successfully. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the real world of fighting, um, you don't see 80-year-old boxers or wrestlers or MMA fighters. But in that world, fuck. If he knows Kung Fu, it's only going to get better until presumably he dies. So the thing about that is you do see that, uh, in Japan at least, in professional wrestlers. Uh, really? So I watch a... One once a year, I'll watch uh, some professional wrestling from Japan, and they do a, a big Royal Rumble ripoff thing. And some of the surprise entrants are guys like from way in the past who are like one of them this year was seventy. Uh, but what? when they get when they get in the ring, they are unstoppable because they're the <laughs> legends. And like one punch, and the guys go flying. And <laughs> I it, love it always awesome. It, it takes like three or four or five guys to lay on them all at once to pin them. Or to like throw them over and out out of the ropes, but like yeah, the really really old guys who are not wrestling—they're wrestling like a once a year, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, but those guys are unstoppable. Imagine that's true. 
there's a couple old guys who just get better with age, but really they don't get like fiercer with age. They just, they're still as slow and you're like, oh shit, run. Like if there were like herds of like old men, like fuck, they're going to play bocce ball in the park. Just go, just go, let them have it. Yeah. Like just give, just give it to them. I love, it's also like, not just uh, that the that the best masters are, are old, because obviously it takes like a lifetime to learn these badass skills, but it's also often true that like, the better they are, the less they do. It's because you're trying all this, you know, crazy maneuvers, and the, right. and that guy's barely moving, or mm-hmm. he doesn't even actually have to like touch you because, like, you know, he's kind of blowing like a wind power at you, but like he's just barely, he's kind of like, you know, yeah, uh, hanging out, wisdom, not breaking a sweat while you're you're busting your ass. Another uh, trope that I think of with martial arts movies or these kung fu movies is there's some campiness but in an awesome way. So there's a movie called Master of the Flying Guillotine. The flying guillotine thing is like a hat. So he throws it on a chain. This is a bad guy has this, but when it lands on your head and then cuts your head off, okay? (laughs) 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 Which is already pretty campy, but it's pretty awesome too. You know, he throws the thing over your head and it eats your head. (laughs) When the hero defeats him, he's in a, they're fighting in a coffin shop. He punches the bad guy through the roof, kicks a coffin out the door, and the bad guy lands in the coffin outside. <laughs> now, all of us having studied any type of uh, martial art, you know he had to practice that for weeks. I had to practice it for weeks. He had the to dummy practice doesn't it for weeks. fall like falls next to the yeah. thing. It's like, God damn it, I can't get my timing down. It's like the kids' wrestling practice of him just doing drop steps across the mat. I mean, they've got him kicking coffins, and they're like, why are we doing this? He's like, eh, one day you'll thank me. So recently, uh, loyal listener D. Joseph H. texted the free legal advice text line, and he said, uh, (laughs) hey, this might be of interest to you guys. There's a movie on HBO playing right now called Hobo with a Shotgun. Heard of that? And right, heard of I was like, <laughs> I'm listening. Uh, and by listening, I was like frantically pulling it up to begin watching. Um, and so that that movie, go back to to tie into Tarantino. That movie is uh, in in Tarantino's film Grindhouse, which is mm-hmm. a homage to Grindhouse films. There's a fake trailer for a movie called Hobo with a Shotgun, and this was then uh, someone several said, Let's fake make trailers this. that were also made into movies, like Machete. Right. Ma- and, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say Machete That's as funny. well. So, anyways, uh, the difference is, and I was like, oh, cool, maybe I could do an episode about this. The difference, so it's low budget, it's super um, campy and shitty, but it's also modern, and there's something about like purposefully trying to be shitty that doesn't quite ring as like wholesome as watching the like actual yeah shitty thing you know and i would i don't mean yeah. shitty but the actual like yeah. campy thing yeah where it's like they were doing the best they could and you're trying right. you're yes. like slumming it that's you know? that's, that's the, the thing. point yep. if you're going to if you're going to do like uh an homage or like some sort of parody to it you have to start from the fact that they were trying real hard uh, there's a great black exploitation uh, uh, homage of uh, Black Dynamite. Yeah, and that's one that works because they're they're lo- they love it just as much as the as the shit they're making fun of. You know. Um, sorry, I have to get one last trope in uh, that I, I read this one called the Inverse Ninja Law. If there's one ninja, he's a ba- or like one of a henchman, he might be a badass. If there's a bunch of ninjas, they all suck, and anyone can like <laughs> mow them down. The more there are, the worse they are. That's a that's a I, good. Yeah. Good to know. I like that. Uh, not, 
not necessarily a trope, uh, but you we've talked about the music a little bit, and I just wanted mm. to like hit on that again because it's so badass when when that hi hat kicks in or when that guitar you know like it it, it it somehow it totally works whereas yeah. it's like it when i see um <laughs> a movie that's set in like medieval times and they're playing queen we will rock you or something i'm like that fucking sucks <laughs> that's stupid but for whatever reason this Shaolin adventure that happened centuries ago when that 70s yeah. funk guitar kicks in it's like you know yes, he's gonna dude. kick his yes! ass now. <laughs> yeah and i saw one um so it's generally like you know it's quiet there's some there's some drama and then usually like cut to somebody there's a look and then that music and it's just the ass kicking music and it can be a couple yeah. of different types but you it just builds the suspense like oh fuck someone is about like- to get it Earlier, he had tied three swords together and he was practicing on a bunch of pots or something. And yeah. then now it's like, he's going to get out the three swords tied together. <laughs> yes. It's going to be awesome. There's a, you know what? It's like looking down at like a manual transmission. It's like first, second, third, ancient flute, wah pedal. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> somehow that's the order. Because like yeah. two seconds before, you're like, oh, that's some really reedy kind of flute. Oh, here's some funk bass. Yeah. Like seamlessly. I saw one that used... Um, a mouth harp for that. It was like suddenly, like this guy would like put his hand on his sword and be like bow 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 bow, bow. you know, like the, the mouth harp. Record. But it fucking worked. It worked. I was like, oh shit, this guy's about to get fucked up. The mouth harp is going. Yeah, like okay, wah pedal and and uh, uh, sizzling guitar and bass. Yeah, okay, that works. But if he can do it to a mouth harp, you are fucked. Right? <laughs> Sorry, buddy. He's gonna he's gonna touch all one hundred eight secret points, and you are <laughs> yes, yeah. So before we make our own movie, uh, what uh, anybody have any recommended movies uh, that someone should go out and check out? You can just uh, rip off a couple names. Uh, the only one whose name I can remember uh, because you mentioned earlier was th- the Thirty Six Chambers of Shaolin. I've seen several others. Uh, Enter the Dragon also. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, my God. Classic. But, yeah, that's as far as titles. I can't really remember a lot of the ones that I saw. Just random stuff. Yeah. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, uh, the Sh- the Shaw Brothers movies are all streaming there for free. So check them out. Um, I would quickly drop, as I did before, Clan of the White Lotus and uh, the 30- 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Um, I'll add in then the five deadly venoms. Um, Matt, I already mentioned master of the flying guillotine. Um, Kung Fu hustle is so fucking oh, yeah. good and funny. Um, that is a modern one. It is a plus. Does that hold yeah. up? I haven't, I haven't 100% seen that. Worth your time. Oh my God. Yeah. Kung Fu hustle is awesome. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I will say to give you the ending of, uh, invincible armor. I know it's a spoiler, but still, a guy develops a technique where he can't be hurt, but he can make like one vulnerable spot. And then later they think they know where that is, but he's gotten so good at iron armor technique, he can move the spot. So they go to attack his nuts because oh, yeah. they think that's where it is. <laughs> and he mo- he's moved it. But then they're both attacking him and they try to attack his head where he had moved it to. And you see like it, when, when he moves it, someone throws an egg up in the air. Like, it cuts to someone throwing an egg up. Then later, when they attack his head, the egg goes down. A guy grabs his balls and squeezes them till he dies. So he <laughs> dies from getting his nuts squeezed. Yes, I ass. also Spoilers. saw that. <laughs> yeah. The invincible armor. 
Hey, let's uh, write our own kung fu movie. So, uh, Corey, who's our hero? Um, uh, luckily, uh, uh, our hero is named um, Hero. Uh, I actually lo- <laughs> I love when that happens in uh, Asian movies. It's, that's a that's a combination name. It sounds like the word for hero for me. Uh, it okay. keeps me from doing any thinking. Um, so, <laughs> uh, our hero's name is uh, Hero Revengemoto. <laughs> um, full name being Hero Revengemoto, the living spirit of retribution, host of the undying aspect of righteous vengeance. <laughs> it's written with three Chinese characters. Right. Uh, two and a half. Um, uh, Hero was born to the Revenge Clan, uh, a family of kung fu warriors, uh, and he was uh, at an early age noticed uh, by the clan that he was a gifted kung fu student. His parents were tragically not killed by any enemies. Um, and following the tragedy of his siblings mm. living unmolested, peaceful lives, he was sent off to study with uh, the master of revenge, Prick King. Um, oh my God. Master Prick King uh, passed on the secrets of revenge, mainly waiting uh, until someone has died to take any action. Um, uh, his master, though, his master's enemies outwitted him, and uh, in a surprising act of prevenge, <laughs> Uh, killed themselves by eating some bad noodles at an unclean yakitori stand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, without a master, uh, uh, Hero Revengemoto um, has taken to uh, wandering the lands for a new master to revenge. Mm. Oh, uh, and I should say, uh, uh, the style of fighting, uh, the, the style of kung fu, his kung fu, which cannot be broken. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's almost in the name. It's the Thousand Stance Drunken Blind Ghost Venom Foo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of a mishmash of styles, but it, it gets it done. Sounds pretty uh, unbreakable. Speaking of unbreakable, uh, his weapon of choice is broken furniture. <laughs> 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 nice. Well, every hero needs a good villain. So, Grant, who's the villain? Uh, the villain is named Wu Chen, which translates to Lungs of 10,000 Typhoons. <laughs> uh, he has an incredibly long Fu Manchu. Uh, and his yes. secret technique is that he can snap the two ends of his Fu Manchu together and form a blowgun that kills with one hit every time. Oh, <laughs> shit. Nice. Every time. Nice. It doesn't matter every if it time. grazes your pinky. Instant death. <laughs> Such is the power of his Lungs of 10,000 Typhoons. Uh, and he's the leader of a temple, of course, and all oh, of yeah. his regular non-quirky students uh, use blowguns and can do sweet spins and shit with them that do absolutely nothing. They don't ever nice. attack with the spins. They're just like, it's like the sign pointers, you know, outside of uh, businesses. They're just spinning <laughs> the signs around, but it does nothing. It's like that. So, Grant, if I were to look in the courtyard of the temple, there are about oh, yeah, 400 a of them all lined of them. up. Yes. Yeah. In a grid. Yeah. Uh, yes. spinning yeah. their blowguns back and forth. Never shooting, though, for some reason. Mm-mm. I wonder how accurate they are. They should have practiced <laughs> shooting, is my guess, but uh, okay. Well, in a lot of these movies, there is uh, there's the you know the villain, and there's the, the rabble of henchmen, but then there are like the lieutenants. Um, the website TV Tropes has dubbed this the quirky mini-boss... Uh, squad. Uh, yeah, the quirky mini-boss squad. Um, so Matt, who are our like special deadly lieutenants? Right. So there's obviously tons of henchmen and footmen and clans that, that just, you know, wiped out with one roundhouse, uh, by, by the dozen. Um, but yeah, I was thinking of like building the ultimate badass mini boss squad and, you know, doing research. I've seen 
all kinds of dudes as uh, as mini boss. I've seen some where there's like a pack of women, and it's like, oh, that's different. Yeah. Like female Ooh. ninjas, sexy assassins, sexy assassins. Oh my god! But it's been done. So instead of men or women, our mini boss squad are children. Okay, <laughs> and throughout Hero's quest, uh, as ever he gets close to the temple, or when he's even when sometimes he's fighting some of the henchmen, there's always these like kids playing in the in the background, or sometimes you hear them or you see them. Uh, but finally, like Hero wipes just cleans through the thousands of, of, of henchmen, and he's he's got uh, the Grant. What is it? Wu Chen. Wu Chen. Wu Chen, Wu Chen is like standing right there, and he's like. That was it, right? That was easy. And there's these suddenly these kids who up until now have just been playing. They, you know, surround Hero and he's thinking like, I get out of here, kids. I you know, I'm I'm trying to get revenge here. And first of all, that's their their first um like threat is that you don't see them as a threat, right? Mm-hmm. But the kids suddenly all of their their play things, the jump rope Pulls oh, tight and nice. it's like razor sharp, right? Yeah. Uh, hoop and stick, stick has a little <laughs> knife come out of it. Twist that hoop, knives come out of the hoop. Uh, kid with a yo-yo, <laughs> knives come out of the yo-yo. <laughs> the kid who's juggling those balls are bombs. Okay. Oh. And then that. Tell me, kid, knives come out of the bombs. Yeah, I was hoping they're they're and bombs. Then, and it blows <laughs> up. And it explodes with knives. Yes. And then that kid uh, playing with a naginata, it's a naginata. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, shit. That was the most shocking of all. The naginata is a, like a sword on a stick. Yeah, it's like a yeah. long pole with, with like a big And it's Japanese, blade. but anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hero Revenge Emoto is pretty Japanese, too. I think we're fine. Yeah, I, I know. I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I didn't. I, I had actually written Revenge Amori. I didn't know if that helped. Probably. I mean, that's, that's still pretty. Yeah. Japanese, but so, it's fine. It's all the same, as far as communities so, are concerned. Thank so you. So this, uh, and, and we're, well, this is when it comes to the U.S. Uh, they, they've renamed him right. uh, a name because it's all the same stuff, and they're all played um, by white people. Let's be honest. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they sell better. It's Brad Pitt in every role. So this movie is going to be about revenge. Um, <gasps> we'll hit a couple of the big beats. What happened? You see, Wu Chen. Killed Hero's potential master. I mean, they were going to meet Monday. They were going to talk about, you mm-hmm. know, an arrangement. They had an arrangement. Right. It was going to be so close to getting a master. Wu Chen killed him. Um, how did Wu Chen kill him? Did he use the blowgun technique? Oh, of course he uses the blowgun. That's how he, he, uses how he kills everyone. Technique. Yeah. Um, so we see, uh, just as it's about to happen, uh, you know, Wu Chen confronts him. Uh, you know, probably he was going to steal his style or some shit. Anyway, the 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 Fu Manchu goes, and now we see the deadly force that he has. He blows mm-hmm. through that, and he's dead. Thousand hurricanes or uh, ten thousand typhoons. Ten thousand typhoons. That adds up to more than a thousand hurricanes. All right, so here <laughs> conversion rate. That's just it. <laughs> Hero is going to rush uh, to confront Wu Chen, but he's not really ready for it yet. Um. Uh, how does he get away? So he, he's about to get defeated. So he's going to take on Wu Chen. Wu Chen uh, beats him in standard Kung Fu stuff. Mm. Then you see the Fu Manchu coming together. Goes he's in about for to the blow. finisher. Yeah. He, reaches, he reaches for some broken furniture, but there's none around. Mm. Oh, and he's forced for the shit. first time to pull out a sword and mm. battle with an unbroken, uh, uh, an unbroken uh, weapon. 
Uh, and although he, he deflects the 1,000 uh, needles of hurricane death um, uh, from a typhoon, he deflects them, and as the bad guy gets away, he's like, uh, he's looking down, he's like, oh, maybe I should not break every spear in half before I yeah. attack. <laughs> so it's clear now he's going to have to learn how to use unbroken weapons right. as a... Okay. One okay. Th- ten thousand and one stance drunken blind ghost venom. <laughs> <laughs> how's he gonna how's he gonna learn this? Uh does he find a mask someone to teach him or what's what's this training montage look like? There's a blind monk uh who needs porridge well, I like the blind and <laughs> it writes itself. Come on. <laughs> Do I need porridge? Blind monk right, so- needs porridge, the ten thousand and one stance. I mean come on. <laughs> He learns that stance, and now he can use unbroken things. All right, so now he's going to confront Wu Chen a second time. He makes his way to the temple. Of course, he mops his, he mops up all ten thousand not typhoon but uh, henchmen that come his way. He just he wipes through them. The janitor has a mop. A knife comes out of it, but he's he's still kicked. Yeah. Up, you know. No, but he just problem. but he picks some gum off the floor with it. He's not starting beef. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, just, yeah, he's just using this stubborn. I'm just here. Just cleaning the floor, and it's just dirt. I don't know why he's mopping the dirt courtyard, but he's doing it. Yeah. Um. All right. So now the children. Uh oh. It's time for the mini boss fight. How does the mini boss fight go down? Well, like I like I explained the kind of the setup. So they surround him. Mm-hmm. Hoop and stick becomes knife. The Yo-yo toys becomes get, yeah. knife, etc. Yep. Um. And I think he's uh set back at first. Like I said, he's not expecting oh, this, yeah. and they draw blood. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's not. They're they're working together. You know. They're like step. They're. He turns around. He thinks it's a man in a trench coat. Exactly. It's, it's, yes. <laughs> it's three of them on each other's shoulders. Right. Yeah. I think he probably, as he's like, um, knocked back into uh, like a storage area. Mm-hmm. He turns and sees um, a couch, and so he takes his knife, cuts the couch in half, and now he's got. His broken furniture Brilliant. That, that he's able to. Brilliant. The old and the new together at last. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then you just see him. There's like a, a four-year-old, you know, with that, that formerly ha- that has a yo-yo with knives. And he has half a couch and he's just and he bludgeoning him to death. Up. Just pounding him into sauce, mortar, and pestle. Half couch, and child, they, squash. And they do one of those shots where, um, you know, it, you see this like four-year-old. And then it's one of those incredibly fake, like it's a melon painted, like <laughs> with makeup. It just smashes and sprays. For the second before it actually crushes, it is a cantaloupe with with two red dots and a line drawn with lipstick on the side of it. GI Joe face over a melon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, so the mini-bosses are defeated. Now it's time for the final showdown. He's got to fight the boss. Wu Chen, uh, at first, clearly has advantage in the fight. How, he's going to turn the tide somehow, though, right? Aside from the merging of the 1,000 stances with the 1,001th stance, <laughs> uh, to use both, uh, both a, a, a broken and a non-broken weapon at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hero uh, takes the true lesson from uh, from his master's uh, untimely lack of revenge, and he says, "You know what is it that really brought down my master? Uh, what 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 could really get to him? It's you know all this revenge in my life. He remembers it was about the prevenge. <laughs> it's got to involve cutting off that Fu Manchu. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh. I mean, he probably has one of those, the, the Naginata from the little kid. Yeah. Oh, Because uh, nice. he's, he's learned to use real weapons now. Yeah. And, uh, like, he picks it up off the ground at, like, just as he, like, snaps it together, picks it up, thinking that, well, of course, he doesn't use real weapons. But mm-hmm. then, you know. Yeah, I slice. think uh, one of the little kids with the Naginata gets up and runs at him, and Hiro uh, puts it together and, like, drop kicks the kid into, like, the kid's mm. holding spear into the mustache. Yes. And then yeah. the guy's like, who's to blame here? Did the kid cut it? Did I cut it? What's going on? And Hero as drops he, that. He kicks yeah. the four-year-old, and it's the same as, like, an NFL kicker at <laughs> a kickoff. But then their football has, like, little <laughs> fabric, ar- <laughs> like, flag football <laughs> arms and legs. <laughs> and you see him, like, kick the kid. <laughs> it's, it's the same G.I. Joe mask as before, but it's on a dog. <laughs> <laughs> We used a dog. We Don't worry. We kicked a dog. Yeah. <laughs> the dog is only wearing the kid's pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's wearing the pants, though. <laughs> All right. So he's got the Naginata, and he chops off the Fu Manchu. And I think once the Fu is cut, like, it zooms in on his face and, yeah, like, it's like, oh, no. And his, right, and yeah. his robe falls, and it zooms in, and he's got the tiniest little baby dick that you've ever seen. <laughs> and his baby dick has the tiniest little Fu Manchu. It's not flattering at all. Uh, okay, we've got to have at least one beat where he tries one more time to do the, the Thousand Typhoons, and it just, yeah. he's off kilter now. It's got to send him spinning. It's going to snap yeah. his goddamn neck. It can't work, and Hero plunges his sword right through Wu Chen's heart. And then the movie just says the end. Yes. He doesn't even draw the sword out. It's like the second it goes in, just bam, the end. Yeah. Yeah. That, have you ever, that is a, that happens in some of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as the bad guy dies, they just go, the end. And you're like, what? (laughs) Cut to like a lounge karaoke version of some Asian song where all the lyrics are the word love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Well, little Captain Travis, tell us, which do you prefer? Tiger style? Donkey style? What's your favorite <laughs> sex position? Email us at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail.com. Hey, if you want to see us crushing <laughs> a four-year-old to death with a sofa, you can find us on Instagram. We are Free Legal Advice Podcast. And like Grant said, uh, Grant always says, Stay safe out there. Follow us on Twitter for all typhoon warning and typhoon information. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter at Free Legal Pod. And if you like the show, get revenge on us for someone who doesn't <laughs> like the show. Yeah. Ask around. It'll help get the word out, and you can take down some of our enemies. Mm-hmm. Your style, your choice. Whatever style you want. Venom, <laughs> Drunken Monkey... I hope uh, I hope Grant's already cut the ending and this, uh, we're just talking and the episode's already been over. Yeah, I hope, I hope the, the episode the, ended I, as soon as the guy got. Yeah, started. as soon as I'm Ben already, said the end, it's uh, <laughs> not even a classic. Yeah, there's nothing. I'm already singing the song "Lovely to Love You, My Lovely." <laughs> <laughs> Classic. 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 A classic bit. Episode 111. My daughter and I have very elaborate jinxing rules. I thought so. Um, uh, the jinxing goes to uh, specific types of jinx. Singing jinx, drinking jinx, uh, walk, like, anything that you can copy, is you, you can jinx. Um, 
there is also a thing where we will jinx each other at the same time and then go on to a double jinx, to a triple jinx, to a and that es- <laughs> escalates so fast. And my daughter sits back calmly with her nimble, youthful tongue. She knows I can't mm. quickly shout quadruple jinx or quintuple jinx. So yeah. I've never, I've never made it to six, even though I'm smarter and taller than her. She always wins. <laughs> <laughs> she always wins that one. It's true. You are way bigger. <laughs> way bigger. I could push her down. Yeah. But she like jinxed seven me. Seven jinx, whatever. I know. <laughs> so uh, my my goal is um, on her like graduation day or wedding or something. I will jinx her and not say her name for the rest of my life. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Just jinx her. You know, it's like, uh, do you take this? Blah blah blah. And she goes, and you yell, I do, I do. and blow your yeah. brains out right there. <laughs> <laughs> I do jinx blam like oh no exactly. she'll just be like got me wedding yeah. is prime fuck, jinxing fuck. territory because everyone knows what you're gonna say Corey it's, she goes ah got me and the priest punches your shoulder mm-hmm. hey get talk. no talking you're jinxed <laughs> but the way we play anyone can say the name so I'm dead for no reason oh uh. <laughs> I do like, though, that, like, wedding's a great place to shoot yourself in the head. No mm. way, Corey. It, then you turn the lights out. You don't have to watch your elaborate trick being just, just like, shattered so easily that they that you're like, ha I waited for this wedding day. I got a copy of her vows, and I knew I had her practice enough, so I her knew vowels. her cadence, and I knew how to say it. And everyone, then someone just goes, like, and then hey, the pr- Then, then the priest name. goes, and do you, yeah. Elsa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the priest in the next line. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. You, gotta, you don't want to be around to see that. Fucked by a priest again. The story of my life. <laughs> God damn it. They... Do you think their condoms have a little collar on it? Like a, you know, with that little white thing? <laughs> ben, they're priests. Why would they use condoms? <laughs> exactly. I just, the, the, the loyal order of the bareback men of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, remember know, every now and then Saint like Bear a visiting... Like a visiting priest would be like, uh, oh, what, what parish is this? Precious blood? Oh, I'm from the raw dog nasties. <laughs> yeah. Turn internet over.